welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all-new, all-electric ID.4 SUV is here, and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold. And the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com slash ID4. All right, we're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, talking with Matt Pressman of EV Annex today. And we, uh, we have a, a few topics to get to but they all sort of center around the idea of the EV market growing up, the EV market evolving, EV technology evolving. We're going to start with the Tesla Plaid news because we just that was just last night as we're recording this, and it's just stunning. Uh, Matt, uh, did you ever think you would see any car, let alone an electric car, get to 60 miles an hour in less than in under two seconds? It's just unbelievable. It's it's so crazy because I have a 2012 Tesla Model S, as you've seen, and that car, 85 kilowatt hour, you know, original signature from 2012 in October. That's when I took delivery of it. That car does zero to 60 in 5.4 seconds. So just and that it was super fast. You know, not that long ago, about a decade ago, and now in one decade, they've more than cut that in half. And it's faster than a Bugatti. It's faster than any Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini. It'll smoke anything in a, in, in a, in a, in a race. So it's, it's no cars ever been below two seconds from, from my understanding. Yeah, no, there, I, I thought a few years ago, I thought my understanding was you couldn't have a street legal car under two seconds really. Like I remember when, when Tesla was like putting out the, the insane mode model S or something, there were all these forum discussions. They're like, well, they can't do much better because at some point there's just physics, the tires against the road, you know, you know, you'd have to have special tires, but obviously EV technology has advanced and, and that's no longer the case. Yeah. I, I had the same car and that car feels like ludicrously quick. Like the fi- the one that goes five point. So I can't imagine like, I don't even feel like I want to experience the plaid. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know. Raphael Sant, Santoni, who runs uh, the Tesla Club South Florida, who you know, kind of goes by the Twitter handle Teslatino. He came by here to the office and he drove me around his dual motor Tesla Model Three, and it's a performance uh, variant. And that thing is so fast; it's it's actually like a little scary. It's so fast. Yeah, I and agree. Like, oh, compared to plaid right so it's like i agree i agree i i was like this is awesome but i don't think i would want to have one because i'm afraid of what might happen the performance model three you know <laughs> right yeah, yeah it's crazy it's, it's, well it, it, yeah, keep going now i was just gonna say it's, it's kind of cool there was a pretty good video that brooks from drag times uh, uh put out recently and you know i was up at the palm beach international raceway here in florida and and got a chance to meet. I was when I first met Brooks in I think twenty maybe fourteen, and that's when he took delivery of a Tesla Model S. And it's like, you know, the races at Palm Beach International Raceway against you know like a Porsche nine eighteen Spider and 
you know, every Lamborghini, every Ferrari you can imagine. It's Palm Beach. It's all these exotic supercars. And Tesla at that point was smoking all of them. It wasn't even close. And so just to think about now the Plaid model going up in, in drag races against those cars, it's going to be wild. I can't wait to see it. I'm, I, I actually yeah. want to take a trip there just to see it in, in person, you know? Yeah, Brooks is great. He does. He he did. I perhaps the best or some of the best insane mode videos back in the day. Yeah. The compilation of insane mode, and uh, I remember still one. He, he had a funny game with this kid, where he would put a I don't know ten dollars or hundred dollars. I forget what it was. <laughs> hanging hanging it from the rearview mirror, and if his kid could reach it as they're accelerating, he could have it. But you know the the the, the force of the the G force was too strong, and his son was like reaching, reaching, trying to get that bill, and couldn't get it. Uh, but obviously, they just have kept, you know, some tweaking different things, improving different technologies. Uh, they got the aerodynamics down even further, and yeah, the previous quickest car, quickest production car ever was a 918 Spider, which you just yeah. mentioned, Porsche 918 Spider, which they built 918. And they were starting price of million dollars. <laughs> they yeah. probably go for a few million. And so it's like, it's, it's just crazy. It's like this family car, this five, <laughs> this big five seat sedan is the quickest car, ever, quickest production car ever. So p- let's put that in the, in the kind of framing of EV technology is improving. It has been improving for years. People who follow it closely know that people who don't do not realize it's changing much but it keeps advancing and we're getting to like these more mass market era we've got the you know teslas are selling at mass market levels the model 3 the model y elon wants the model y to be the best selling car in the world the ford f-150 which is the best selling vehicle in the world is being electrified at a competitive price of forty thousand. the volkswagen id4 is a good, you know, sort of every person's crossover that comes in significantly lower than the Tesla if you take in tax credits and stuff. So we're hitting that phase. And I don't know, you you follow the technology a lot. What are some of the technological things that you've seen that have enabled that? What have you seen that's made that possible, has brought us to where we are today? Well, it was interesting watching the engineering and the discussion around the engineering for the Plaid Model S is something to do with a carbon covered rotor, I think they mentioned. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'd have to talk to my father who's the mechanical engineer of the family, but it definitely appears that with Peter Rawlinson, who was formerly part of the Model S production team at Tesla, leaving and then starting Lucid, it looks like he took some interesting technology into their uh, upcoming vehicle, which is the air. And so I think, you know, being competitive as Elon is, you know, everyone just thought Tesla would stand still and, you know, never improve and all these other competitors would be catching up with them. I think he wanted to hold back the technology that was coming with the, with the Plaid model. And it seems like the the, the motors, the, the, the tri-motor version of the Plaid, right? Because there's three motors, I guess, in the, in the Plaid variant. There's something very different about those motors. And I can't wait for Sandy Monroe to tear down a Plaid Model S if he ever does. So we get to see what that engineering is. But, you know, he hinted at it, Zach, but I don't feel like he gave the secret sauce during the presentation. He just Yeah, we didn't didn't get something like a battery day presentation or anything. It was just sort of like we did some things. 
and now it's quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was quick. Then we did some things and now it's the quickest. But in general, like the ID4, for example, this is an electric crossover with over 200 miles of range. It's it's priced at about 40,000, but then, you know, can get down to basically it might be selling for 30,000 at dealerships in the US. We'll see what happens, you know, it depends on capacity and demand. But you know, potent, I mean after subsidies, sorry, after subsidies it could be like 30,000, which is assuming the $7,500 tax credit. That's a a 70 a $30,000 full, you know, family crossover Volkswagen interior and and design. Like what has made that possible that really wasn't in 2015 or or 2018 when we were you know following this very closely and excited but you know didn't have something like this on the market i think i think you know obviously with the subsidies that are currently in place for some automakers not tesla and gm right now but the other automakers that 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 are working to get to 200,000 vehicle total sales they still can sell sell their electric cars and owners can get a $7,500 tax credit. And to your point, if, the, if you combine that in California with a $2,500 tax credit, then you're looking at a $40,000 uh, ID4, Volkswagen ID4 costing $30,000, which is just spectacular. And that's not even that good. If you compare it to other countries like Norway and, 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 and places in China, the subsidies can go as deep as 14 or 15,000 US dollars. And it looks like with what Biden has uh, in store, that could happen potentially. He's talking about a $12,500 tax credit for unionized American factories, to my understanding, $10,000 if it's non-union, and then $7,500 if it's not a U.S. factory. That's That's my understanding of it. I was just writing about it recently. So right there, if that goes through, plus a $2,500 tax credit, that's a $15,000 yeah. break on the cost. But, I mean, right now in California already, you basically get buy four, get one free, yeah. right? <laughs> but with that, it could be like buy three, get one free. Right. But, uh, but aside from, you know, those, those, those subsidies have been in place for years. That's why Tesla no longer gets them because they sold. But, you know, we had, we had the, the Bolt came out. It was big news when it came out because it had over 200 miles of range. Right. But it was, you know, it's a compact kind of, not you know not the car everybody wants to buy and the id4 is sort of you know it's you know just a few years later it's, it's not that long since the bolt you know came out and right. it's just a few years later and we have the id4 and the mustang maki and the f-150 coming out and tesla keeps improving you know obviously batteries you know you you've written about batteries a lot what what, what can you say about how the battery market has made this possible and you know yeah, what, what technologically and, oh. and also just, you know, the market growing up or something. I've been a huge fan of your articles on battery technology and the cost curve and how it's gone down. And I think you've written about it much, much more precisely and just much, much, much more in depth than I have. But from my, my vantage point, having written a little bit about it and, and just researching it to some degree, I think it's just a matter of, of, of big automakers, traditional automakers, buying batteries in enough volume where they can bring the cost curve down for their own company. Uh, Tesla did that with the Nevada Gigafactory, you know, kind of partnering with Panasonic and putting in huge orders up front and Panasonic committing to, originally to the 18650 uh, battery form factor for the SNX. And then later, I think is is 2160. I think was is the is the newer one for the Y and, and three, 
And then there's another one coming, obviously, downstream. But, you know, it's all about committing to electrification. And Tesla made the big commitment. And so for them, they've been able to get their battery costs down to around you know, that magic $100 number. Yeah, everybody stopped sharing those numbers a few yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. We used to be tracking those numbers. And te- Elon great. would mention something and some paper would come out and a leak would come from, from GM, LG Chem. And now, and then after a few years ago, around that time, everyone was just sort of, sort of like, let's keep silent on these numbers. Like, th- we really got to keep this private. Like, <laughs> this is not a joke. It is. We'll it is our business. And it's all about, it's, it's all about, you know, can, can these, these big automakers, you know, outside of Tesla, can they make a commitment to a CATL or to an LG Chem or to a Samsung that is big enough or Panasonic for that matter, that's big enough where those costs are going to go down enough where, you know, a battery electric vehicle can, can be sold at a $40,000 price point or $35,000 price point and lower. And it looks like they've really committed heavy. Yeah, I mean, if it almost, especially as you're talking about it, it almost feels like the, the secret ingredient was just trying. It's like yeah, if you just right. put in the effort, if you just made a big commitment, a big order, big plans, your costs are going to come down and you're going to be making these competitive vehicles. And I hadn't really thought about that as we went into this talk. I was just thinking like, what has improved? You know, they've improved the efficiency of motor, battery. But you think about the, the Gigafactory is a big deal because it's this giant battery factory and the Model 3 was going to be this big deal because it was going to be using these low cost batteries and be competitive with the BMW 3 Series, etc. And now there's a Gigafactory here, Gigafactory there. Oh, we've got Northvolt's got six in Europe coming. We've got, you know, Volkswagen's got, you know, however many building. Uh, so it's like now it's just normal in our world, in our space that, okay, yeah, we're building gigafactories. We're going to have low cost batteries. We're going to have competitive vehicles. And we get the ID4, we get the Mustang Mach-E, we have the, the F-150 Lightning, and we have this kind of, and in Europe, a lot more models actually. So it is, it's interesting the way you've framed it. It's like, it made me just think they're just trying, they're trying hard. And now they're, now they're also making vehicles that can be sold in the hundreds of thousands a year. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. It's, it, it's, it's, the trying hard really comes down to committing to your suppliers that you want enough batteries to drive the cost curve down for your company. So for instance, for my company, you know, for which is just aftermarket parts and accessories, if I was selling a a car cover and I was nervous that it wouldn't sell, I'd buy a hundred units. But then once I see it selling, if I buy a thousand units, the costs go down sometimes by a third or a half. It's just a commitment. It's scary for me. But if I go to a supplier and I say, look, I want a thousand units versus a hundred units, suddenly I can offer a lower price to my customer. And it's the same thing with, with batteries, with, 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 with big automakers. It all comes down to an upfront investment and commitment. And that's trying, but it's also scary. I get, I get where the, you know, where traditional automakers are, are nervous. Like this is a big deal. Are we really sure we're going to sell these cars? And that's where they got to take the plunge and the leap of faith and realize that it is going electric. And, you know, and it looks like they have because there's no way that they're offering these price points without having a better deal now on batteries in place with LG Chem, with Samsung, with CATL. You know, I guess those are probably the big three that come to mind outside of Panasonic. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all new all electric ID4 SUV is here and it's for everyone. And it listens. 
All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold, and the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com slash ID4. Yeah, those are the those are the big. I mean, those they yeah. dominate the market. And then there's SK Innovation. We had that funny yeah. situation where a lot of US EV sales depend on this SK Innovation factory in Georgia, and it was like on the verge of not happening because of a trade dispute with LG. Right. But that is another you know sort of fourth, second tier, maybe fourth uh, major player, and Samsung SDI maybe, although they sort of seem to have fallen off. Cattle, CATL, and LG Energy Solution, I think it's now called. Yeah. sort of dominate and then panasonic still has a lot of orders from tesla but yeah how what kind of discount do you get if you order thousands of double a batteries from duracell yeah do you make big orders for duracell battery what do you, or, or, we should we, we actually have nothing that's battery powered we used to sell a matchbox oh you don't no we used to sell matchbox uh teslas and uh, and then they were actually running so low on supply, Matchbox was that we stopped selling on our site. So and we were thinking about a remote control cyber truck. Maybe we could sell that on our site, and then we'd have to sell that with batteries. But we, I have no idea. I'm sure there's good uh, breaks you get if you do big orders of batteries just for consumer uh, products. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started this. You know, uh, we've been talking about this topic, but I started this call with a plaid. Model S background because we just had the the event just happened right before this conversation so it was just natural to start with that but another big story we're we're associating this podcast with or this podcast is covering is that we are announcing our 2021 clean technical car of the year uh, alongside this today and that is the Volkswagen ID4 which I keep mentioning so <laughs> this is one reason I keep mentioning because we uh, we had four finalists four vehicles that we thought sort of could could be the winner and then we what we do is we let the people vote so uh so the id4 sort of ran away with it It initially sort of close head to head then then uh they sort of just ran away with it so i i think it comes down to the fact that while there's a number of vehicles that are sort of tesla like and sort of tesla competitive the id4 is going lower it's sort of it's going mass market by sort of undercutting the model y especially tesla left a big opening maybe we can talk about that a little bit by not selling basically a standard range model y so they have the the long range model y for sale which is quite a a lot more expensive than the id4 so if you want this sort of sort of form factor the size the id4 offers a lot of what everyone wants with a much lower price tag my sister is on the verge of getting one and she you know she's checked out teslas and and uh you know knows who i am (laughs) <laughs> she's my sister <laughs> but uh she's she's on the verge of getting one because when it came down to it it was like for the the price and for what she needs the size the space the range everything just sort of seems to fit so i don't know what do you think of the id4 are you, you guys have any plans for aftermarket products for it yet and how do you see it fitting into that market alongside the model y the mustang mach e and if we were talking europe like a, a few other models yeah, absolutely. We were definitely going to offer products for the, for the Volkswagen ID4. And we just, I guess I can make a little announcement. We just started carrying parts and accessories for non-Tesla EVs on our site. We have a whole section now called Other EVs, and we carry uh, stuff uh, for the Porsche uh, Taycan, uh, for Chevy Bolt, for Nissan Leaf, and a bunch of others. And the Volkswagen ID4 is definitely uh, next, along with the, the Ford Mach-E. For us, really, the trick is we got to get one. Um, I've seen a few of them driving around uh, in in South Florida here. I'm pretty close to Miami, 
and uh, they're sharp. They look great. And they're an SUV. And at the end of the day, SUV as a category is, is so, so huge. And so I do think you're right. I think Tesla left a gap by offering a kind of a much more premium price point for the Model Y. They sort of left this wide open space where, where folks could come in, other automakers, and grab a market share quickly. And my hope is, even though everybody thinks of me as a Tesla fanboy, which I am, obviously, I own a, you know, I own a three, my wife owns an S and, and we run a Tesla accessories business. So I'm, I'm into Tesla and I'm a big uh, investor and, and shareholder. I'm very impressed with what Volkswagen has done in the electric vehicle space. And I, I really like this car a lot. I mean, I haven't test driven it. I, I, have you test driven it yet or... I'd love to, though. I have not. We've published a couple of reviews. I'm really eager to test drive it as well because you never really know. You know, a review can be anything, you know, but it, it's gotten great reviews, gotten good reviews. But yeah, I really want to see how it feels compared to these other EVs. And uh, But it does look very well put together. It's very... It looks very nice. Like we, we're in a, we're in a kind of area. This area of Florida has you know a lot of Teslas, a lot of Mercedes, a lot of BMWs. You see Taycans routinely, yeah. and the ID4 looks nice in the midst of it all. Like it doesn't look like a mass market you know Econo car. It looks like a nice premium SUV, even though it comes in at a at a good price point. So I think it it's an interesting entry and and and. Yeah, I'll let get get back to it. But I, I think what inspires me is there's a few vehicles now that sort of I feel like are very much exactly what Tesla was created for. Like Tesla was created to inspire automakers to go electric. Elon yeah. said he was like 10% chance Tesla survived. He didn't really think it would survive. He just wanted to get push automakers to go electric faster. Right. And it's taken a lot longer than a lot of people hoped. But I feel like the ID4 is one of those kind of like trophy examples of this is a competitive, fully electric car built electric from the ground up to really be competitive. And it's sort of like, yes, we're getting there. The mission is coming. You know, it's not just about the Model 3 and Model Y. It's about having dozens of really competitive EVs from dozens of brands, you know. So I, that's what ex- excites me a lot is that it is, it is really a potentially big mass market EV that you know, is what we all dreamed about. So it's huge. And the other thing I really like about it is that Volkswagen, those of us that are in the auto sort of world, like, like we are may not know this, but Volkswagen owns Audi and owns Porsche. So Audi with the e-tron and Porsche with the Taycan, those are two already introduced electric cars that are amazing. I mean, I've, I've seen a Taycan. I haven't driven in one, but I, I mean, it's, it's breathtaking in person, how beautiful that car is stunning absolutely stunning and then the e-tron i, I, I agree i just that is that i think that might be the prettiest car on the road that you know when, yeah. when i see one i'm like wow that's a beauty and they come in nice <laughs> yeah anyway yeah so so on the one hand you got you got the porsche Taycan, then you've got the uh the audi e-tron which i have driven actually and uh i love it it's beautiful it's smooth it feels great and so volkswagen has- how does that feel compared to a why i'm very curious can you speak about yeah, and that well, that would be quite similar to the ID four, to be honest. Because look, they're they're cousins. They're they're. <laughs> yeah, there's something. It's something very. Uh, I, you use the right words. Put together about 
almost all of the automakers that come out of Germany, there's just a really a polished, finished feel to those cars. The interior, the ride feel on the road, the handling, they just feel great. They're just great cars. I mean, they've been at it for, you know, almost a century. So so they, they kind of worked out all the little kind of kinks involved with getting their production lines up and running. And I think some of those things have been a challenge for Tesla, frankly, over the last few years. And and, and that, I mean, those things and have I, been turned out, obviously, over the last few years. But I think that that's something that I think they can bring to bear. And that will be a challenge, you know, in the future. Well, I wonder how much driving they do on the broken up uh, roads of Europe in winter, like <laughs> European roads in winter get destroyed by freezing and cracking the concrete. And you get these horrible roads and, and Tesla's over there in California with this unfairly idealist, ideal climate. And I'm sure, you know, they test, of course, they all test vehicles everywhere. But, you know, most of the testing, most of the work, most of the engineering is done in California versus, you know, Germany. And <laughs> you just, I, it never crossed my mind, but I'm like, man, they must test it like in these horrible roads nonstop to see how to fix, you know, this creek or that rattle or this, this, uh, you know, just kind of say what's, what's breaking here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think at the end of the day, Tesla, Tesla's catching up, I think with some of these little things to make the car more smooth. Yeah, no, my my uh, my take on it is that that you know, I guess Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen, you know, all under the same umbrella. You know, they're gonna they're gonna have a little edge, I think, in terms of obviously th- little things like fit and finish, and some of the way that the car handles, the driving characteristics of the cars that are just sort of like have this finished feel. That said, though, you know, me being a Model Three owner and also having driven the Model Y you know, those cars handle like they're on rails. It's almost like you feel like you're on a monorail, right? It's just, it's just incredible. The, the road feel you get from a Tesla and the acceleration is mind blowing. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that just is so much fun and you can't experience that till you to test drive a Tesla. So I think, you know, from a driving characteristic standpoint and fit and finish standpoint, it's a toss up. I think there's, you know, they're going to, as they get deeper into electric cars, Folks like Volkswagen are going to, you know, refine their approach. But I also think that Tesla is getting better and better with every car. And I think the Y is a great example of that. Yeah, no, that's solid. There is a very solid, nice feel of driving a Tesla. I don't know what they do exactly, but I drove the i3 again recently, the BMW i3, which I used to own. And I was like, man, this is not drive like the Model 3. <laughs> this yeah. is this is not as fun as I remember because it's just, uh, it's not as, like you said, that it has that kind of monorail, like you feel like you're just driving on a, on a, yeah, very solid rail or something. But yeah, the, the well, the and, and obviously, you know, Tesla rushed, I mean, I mean, they got the Model 3 to market as quickly as possible as at lower price point as possible. And part of that meant, getting it out the door quickly before everything is super refined. And even, and that, that happens with any new model from any automaker anyway. And part of that meant, you know, cutting costs to keep the, the volume, the, the cost down. And, you know, they keep improving it as the years go by, as the weeks go by to make it more, you know, the, the, the fit and finish a little finer, but well, to close, I think the biggest thing for me is that there's just, there's just a huge portion of the market there's just there's so many different portions of the market with so many different c- 
consumers who want so many different little things. And yeah. so much of this is just in design or brand, you know, like, oh, I like how that car looks. I feel like a lot of buying is based on, oh, I like how that car looks. And, right. you know, and it's like the feature, people know the cars have similar features, similar specs in the price range. You, you know, you pick your price range, you look at what's available, you pick what you like the most as far as looks. I don't think a lot of it is about specs or features because they all are pretty similar. So I think there's, uh, it's just nice to see, oh, we've got this option, this, we've got a platter of options forming. And I think, you know, I still, there's still talk to a lot of normal people who are like, oh yeah, I hope someday electric vehicles are, you know, more affordable or are ready. And I'm like, they are like, are you paying attention? Like, come on, you don't even have to just talk about Tesla anymore. You can talk about all these other vehicles, but you know, people don't notice it. So what can you say about, you know, just how do you, how do you see the public awakening in the next, you know, at, do you, how do you see, well, let's, okay, let's flip it. Cause I think we've done, how do you see the vehicles like the ID4 helping to awaken the market how, how do you see you know vehicles like this sort of like getting uncle joe or or aunt sally to start and, and you know and other models nissan Ar- araya is coming it's interesting the hyundai and kia brands have some cool evs coming yeah 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 i think i think the big thing just comes down to you know you, you're done with your lease let's say or you you've had your car that you've purchased and it's been you know five six years seven years and you're ready to buy a new car you're comfortable with your, with your automaker. You want to trade in your car, let's say with another car, it maybe it's a Toyota or an Audi or, or, or a Kia or whatever it might be. Right. You go to your dealership and that's really where there's an opportunity where if you see an electric car and you've read about electric cars and you're interested in electric cars, you know, are, are you going to, you know, be introduced to an electric car. And that is really, I think that's like, you know, quote unquote, where the rubber meets the road, right? If, if you go into, you know, do a trade-in or you're, you're a Honda guy and you love Honda and, you know, you're, you're, you have a CRV or something, you go in and, and then is there a Honda SUV that's electric? And are, is there a salesperson that's going to show it to you? Is it going to be on display? Is it something you're interested in? That, that someone will actually, you know, test drive with you. I think right now it's early days. And so it's still not on people's radar because it, it, th- these are not cars that are widely distributed, at least in the U.S., right? And also, I don't know how familiar necessarily folks are at dealerships yet, salespeople are, and how much they're trying to push those cars. So there's still some challenges to overcome. But I do like what I'm seeing, like with the Super Bowl, where all, you know, there's so many ads and they're almost all for electric cars. And I think the more it gets out there from an advertising standpoint, the more people would demand to see those cars when they go to dealerships. And, you know, yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to happen. I just think it's, it's, it's going to happen over the next five years where we're going to start to see a real transition. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, it seems like there's so much in the background now that people who don't follow the market, they maybe hear something here or there, but it's in the background, it's in the back of their head. And then, like you said, there's it's got to be that experience, that moment or that day where they where it switches from a background topic to, hey, actually, let me learn a little bit more about this. Like, what it, like, hey, maybe, I, can I actually see that vehicle that's over there with the plug in it? You know, it's like, yeah. so where that sort of, that sort of all of a sudden, all of that background 
just raises you up to the point of in being interested and yeah. you know it's like for us we're, we're like interested in all the background but people are not really interested in the background they just they hear it they see it they're like oh okay they they uh they digest it but then they you know they're not like oh after one commercial i want to find out about this ev but it's funny because i was just watching a roland garros semi-finals french uh, going back to it right after this yeah. and there there's these michelin commercials that have been on and they keep they keep showing a te- the Tesla's in it, and it, they just. Sit, I, I heard a commercial mention something about electric vehicles. One of these Michelin commercials. I didn't hear what it said, but I was like, "But you see how even that is in the like." I heard it in the background, but I didn't catch even what was said. But it's like they're talking about it. Michelin's talking about it. They got this cool, fun uh, commercial with these lit up wheels, and uh, it's just joining the conversation. But and then yeah, you have to wait for the moment for someone to say. Hey, and can you tell me more <laughs> or something? Yeah. yeah so that's an interesting way to put it. Something that's very interesting to me, like a little factoid that I found fascinating was for Ford. And this is that after Ford introduced the, the F-150 uh, electric and announced a $40 billion uh, effort and, and investment in electric vehicles, that next day, I think after their earnings, it was either their earnings call or the, after the announcement itself, uh, the stock went up bigger than it had been in, since 2015. So, so like six years, they had not seen a stock surge like that until just an announcement that they're going to go electric. And so the market is rewarding you know, big, big auto companies right now, if they're making the move towards electric. And ultimately, I think that will help the board of directors of these companies, the president's top management to see, hey, listen, man, we do need to move in this direction quickly. This could, you know, this is the market is rewarding us for this. And the more big automakers sort of stay away from electric, the more they see Tesla's the future and Tesla's market value is, you know, so outsized in comparison to other automakers. So, you know, at the very top levels of these companies, there has to be buy-in. And I think something little like that, it may not seem like a lot, but I mean, look, man, if the stock is going up, you know, more than it has in six years, the, t- yeah. the top level management is going to say, we got to, we got to make moves fast. This is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. The board, the board and the top executives of the C-suite is going to be like, Hey, that worked. What what else right. can we announce next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I think that that in in a way, it's going to be like you know the everyday regular car buyer going to a dealership asking for an electric car. I think it's got to be from the bottom up and it's got to be from the top down. And I and I think when those two things start to converge, the bottom up and the top down, you're going to start to see uh, electric cars be much more mainstream. So. That's a really cool way to, to, to phrase it. And we'll finish on that. Great last comment. Thank you. And we'll see if, you know, the stock jumps for Volkswagen after we announced that the ID4 is the clean technical car of the year, right? That's very likely, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not have that. But I think we, we have a nice role that we, you know, a lot of people know to go to the people who know EVs. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, early, you know, they follow, follow these, you know, follow the people who are deep into it. If you really want to, if you really want to, you know, get a picture of where things are headed, not, not just the 
the the background noise. Well, I want to give props to Volkswagen for winning Clean Technica Car of the Year. That's a big deal, and I think I think that it's well deserved. And 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 I'm so excited that Volkswagen with Porsche, with Audi, and now with the ID4 is moving in the U.S. market, especially because I know that they're doing more in Europe and more in China, but in the U.S. market here. They're making a, a real effort to electrify their fleet, and uh, I think it's a great it's a great signpost for the future. So big. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how much the voting was related to what Volkswagen's overall EV effort because you know it's it's well known now to be in, uh, very focused on EVs. So I wonder how much the voting was because people see it as being very serious about EVs compared to perhaps some of the other automakers who they thought, well, this is a good EV, but how much is is the company really going to push it out you know so i think that's that's an interesting point well thank you matt really appreciate your your insights and your enthusiasm and positivity and, and everything so it's a lot of fun to talk to you enjoy the rest of your day absolutely you too all right zach cheers. thanks cheers thank you for listening to clean tech talk join us next time to get your electric fix If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks.